0: It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shakeback Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shakeback Sports show from Apple Podcasts. Continuing the latest episode.
1: So we all know how incredibly important uh, mental health is, and being as the fact that May was actually National Mental Hair, Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to bring my sissy back on. We couldn't get it done in May because she's so, so busy, and she's going to talk about that here in just a second, and I'm going to bring her in here in just a second. Willie Upteen Jr., Shakeback Sports Show OT, powered, of course, by the big game Christian Sports Network, and uh, look, this is going to be a real life conversation y'all know how I do it here on the Shakeback Sports Show OT and the Shakeback Media Group as we're in the process of rebranding that So, uh, so let's go Know what it is when you hear that music. shakeback Sports Show OT Baby Saturday afternoon version. Thank you guys for checking us out on Facebook Live as well as YouTube Live and Periscope. Uh, as I said in the intro, I'm going to bring her in now. Uh, the last time you saw her, she was Coach Condor Ross, and she is still Coach Condor Ross, but she's actually added another couple of letters uh, to the front of her name. So she is now Dr. Conda Ross, Coach Conda Ross, Senior Pastor Conda Ross, and my sissy, Conda Ross, esteemed member of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. Conda, or shall I say, Doctor, welcome back. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for having me, brother. It's so good to be here. And- I'm excited about the platform that we have today or the discussion that we're going to have today.
1: Yes. Uh, and I am as as well. And you know what? I want to play this because I think it's, it's important um, for people out there to understand that this is not a game. This is real life. So let me play this real quick.
0: I suffer with panic disorder,
1: post-traumatic stress,
0: obsessive compulsive disorder, postpartum psychosis,
1: history of depression. I'm diagnosed um, schizophrenic.
0: I've been bereaved by suicide.
1: I was actually diagnosed at the age of 15 or 14, even I can't remember the exact age, as being bipolar. Yeah, so those are some pretty famous voices. I'm not going to name any of those names, but uh, those those uh, individuals, men and women alike, that which you would consider very successful in whatever endeavor that they have going on. So we're going to bring this up to the forefront once again, in light of may being, um, national mental health awareness month. And it really should be a a, 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 an awareness initiative all year round, especially this last 14, 15 months with the pandemic. So doctor, how have you been doing personally, um, since the last time we spoke?
0: Oh my goodness, uh, I'm doing well. God has been so good and just been blessing. I recently received my PhD and I am now a new homeowner. So I purchased the new home. So you know that since we're talking about mental health, trying to uh, do contract after contract after contract. If you see, I'm in a hotel right now. So doing multiple contracts, that can be stressful. And working on your PhD, that can be your dissertation, that is stressful. So it's about surrounding myself with people that I can say, hey, I need you to pray and then be real. Yes, I am a pastor and yes, I have faith, but it it, it took a toll and I reminded myself constantly about being anxious for nothing and giving it over to God. So I am wonderful as a homeowner soon to be and being a new doctor. So I'm doing great to answer your
1: question. And, and look, you can use as many words, superlatives, whatever it takes to get the point across, because uh, as a, as a person that has gone through the home buying uh, or gone through the home buying process, my wife and I, Look, it can and is very, very stressful, and uh, I even told my wife during the process, one day during the process, I was like, yo, I'm just going to take myself by the collar and throw myself in front of a moving truck, because I'm i I'm, I'm ready to be done with this, but as you can see, uh, I didn't do that, um, probably to the chagrin of some people,
0: <laughs> but it's okay.
1: They don't count, so... All right. So let's, let's talk about the the doctor status and all that went into that. I mean, last time we talked, you were in the process of doing your uh, dissertation. Dissertation, Yes. So, so yeah, let's, let's let the people hear about how uh, that final process went.
0: Oh, it was amazing. I, I did my dissertation on getting your place and I attended Texas Bible Institute and seminary and going through that process of get in your place it was a moment in time where women in ministry a lot of people say that women shouldn't be pastors or prophets if we were if we were teachers or we need to preach from the floor it's just the traditionalism of so many different things and taking the Bible out of context I wanted to put do a dissertation on get in your place We've been told so many times you need to get in your place. And my dissertation was to show women of faith, women of God, and men of God to come into unity rather than bickering over what my uh, what my uh, what, what if I, that I got a vagina. Let me let's be real because we, we all know. It. We on a shake back show. You mad because I got a vagina, but that doesn't keep me from preaching the gospel. So we need to get in our place. Cause Willie, really, there are people that are hurting. There are people that got, need a breakthrough. There are people that need deliverance and need prayer. And you mean to say, you don't want me to pray for you and you're in distress because I got that vagina? come on now, we got to get in our place. So that's what my dissertation was uh, for. I interviewed 10 wonderful women who were bishops, apostles, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and elders. So I, and they told me about the struggle that they faced with disrespect. People coming to them saying, I don't believe in women pastors. That, that was mine. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in women pastors. Well, shoot, I don't either. I believe in Jesus Christ. How about that? And so that those are that's what my dissertation was about. You do your dissertation. You do your study. You do the logistics and the statistics. And then you have to defend your dissertation. And I know that I told you in the previous interview, Wheatley, that I stuttered. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? I was so nervous. I I had to just take a deep breath. And they were all looking at me because I couldn't stop stuttering. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I got this. If no one else knows about getting in your place, it's me. So we had to verbally defend my dissertation amongst a panel at Texas Bible. Institute and Seminary, and you best believe I shouted, I I think I shared the, I mean, shared the graduation on Twitter and Facebook, but oh yes, after we graduated, this sister shouted because it was a very strenuous uh, strenuous time trying to write, find a place to stay, and then move and have to move out of my home, so it was very stressful. We made it, Willie. We Yeah, made you
1: it. did. Yeah, you did. And I want to piggyback on so many of those points that you mentioned, particularly about women uh, preaching the gospel or being deacons for that matter. My wife is a deacon in training at our church. And, uh, you know, my our executive pastor, Dr. Tanya McGill, she is the husband or I'm sorry, she is the wife of uh, the senior pastor Norris McGill. And look, if you if a person can't absorb the type of teaching that I'm that I'm pretty sure I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure. And I'm only saying that because nothing is perfect or no man is perfect. Uh, the type of teaching that you do and the type of teaching that Pastor Tanya does. If a person can't receive that type of teaching because of some tradition or some mental chauvinistic mindset. My, my, my question then comes to, well, what do you really believe in? You know, because, uh, if, 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 well, let me just let, let me ask you, how do you deal with that as a pastor now, as a doctor, as a, as a transformational speaker? I left that out in the uh, <laughs> in the intro as it look, it'll take a whole show just to do all your your, your titles. Um, but how do you deal with that in terms of, um, you know, being being a pastor, being uh, a, a mental uh, health expert, being a, a transformational speaker? How do you not for the lack of a better word, convince people that you are the real deal?
0: I don't. I don't have to. I don't have. To, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Yes. I just be who I am, authentic, and I just keep it one hundred. If you don't like it, some will, some won't. Next, and then you know me. I tell you, people are going to judge if you do good or if you do bad. So no matter what, I'm gonna be who I am. I don't have to convince you of anything. One of the things that God showed me that. When someone that's in tradition, if they invite me to their church and they say, "Oh, wait a minute, she's a woman pastor," and they say, "Well, we need you to preach on the floor," I don't care where I preach, as long as I'm preaching the gospel, I can preach on the sidewalk. Well, let me tell you how God wanted to make us un- unified. He sent a pandemic, and ain't nobody preach, wasn't anybody <laughs> preaching in the church at that time? We were all virtual, right? Yep. In all different locations, so there wasn't no pulpit to preach from. You had to have your altar at the house. So that's how call the God we serve as far as wanting to bring us in unity. The Bible tells us how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. So, so to answer your question, I don't, I, I, I don't have to apologize for who I am and what God called and anointed me to be.
1: Wow. Power. Yeah. Very, very powerful. And you know what? This is how, you know, it is straight from the garden of God, because you're saying that I've got a couple of homeboys that are pastors of their church and you know how it is when you've known somebody pretty much all their life, the things that y'all used to do together. Uh, but none of that, none of that matters anymore because he, he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. And it, he said that our own pastors at our church have said that, because the 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 goal is to is for God to get glory in whatever it is that we mm-hmm. do, say, think, whatever we feel. So that I knew you were gonna answer it that way, but I wanted <laughs> I wanted the listeners to actually hear and, and the passion that's behind it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you are, actually you also did a a baptism at Joe Pool Lake a few weeks yes. ago. And uh, I saw some of the footage or some of the, uh, some of the steel audio or still steel video rather. That was the first baptism you had performed since when?
0: Oh, well, that was the first baptism I had performed at Joe Poo Lake. Uh-huh. I'd never done that. And it was an experience for the young, the first one we did because the deacon that was with me, he stepped backwards and the water was uh, really, the way that the water is in Jopu Lake, it's really soft, and we had to put our feet in there firmly, so he couldn't have stepped back. So the young lady, she, it scared her because she was down in the water a little bit longer than it was It was supposed to be. Dip Del- to come back up. Right. Well, she was down there a little bit longer than it because he was supposed to help her up. So it was an experience that we would never forget we had some young people that were there and each one of the young boys that are young men they kept they said this was something i've never experienced i felt the presence of god with me and so we did we did what we were going to meant to do and we we're going to do it again so that was the first we do baptisms because we're in an office suite mm-hmm. in a blow-up pool yeah and i was like okay let's do this and let's go because if anybody's ever been in the water the water is cold.
1: Yeah, it ain't. It ain't like so taking we, a bath, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it is cold. The water is cold. So this time, because if you look at any of the pictures on our church page, you'll see this expression on my face. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this time we're gonna have our wading boots, and I'm gonna be able to smile. So it was. It was a completely different experience, and we will do it again.
1: And can you can you uh, describe? Maybe the the symbolism of being at Jopu Lake a, as how it relates to being at or possibly at the Jordan River.
0: Well, I've never been to the Jordan River, so I can't really equate it, but it, it when they say it's muddy and dirty and all the other stuff, it was not the Hawaiian beach. Definitely, definitely <laughs> we weren't dipping in the Hawaiian water, in the water in Hawaii. But it was a, an experience for each one of them if down from the walking to the point where I was, you could see their expression, the joy that they experienced when they after they came back up. One young man who was shorter than me, and let me see if I can go this way. He was about this much shorter than I was, and he jumped up and he was as tall as I as tall as me mm-hmm. when he got out of the water. That was an experience. And when Jesus was baptized, you know that. God said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And then the, whether well, the heavens opened and a dove descended. This was the experience that they had and they were so overjoyed and so happy. And their family got to witness that with them for both, for both the young lady and all of the young men that were baptized.
1: That is awesome. Now,
0: it was an amazing experience for me yeah. to even to be there to be able to conduct it it was awesome
1: yeah that, that that sounds like it was amazing so um and i'm glad you know this is the that's the beauty of um of technology you can actually see these things mm-hmm. in in real life uh in, you know real life time so all right so um let's switch over to some mental health and um you know you talked about you're getting your your doctor, uh, your doctor status, uh, which is awesome and amazing in itself. We already know that you're a transformational speaker. We also know that you are Coach Conda, um, and being that this is a sports show, part of the Shakeback Media Group, which is going to be expanding to conversations like this, um, as part of the SBSMG. Um, this is uh this is regarding number two tennis player in the world naomi osaka uh she played her first round match at the french open at Roland Garros in paris she did win that match but then she decided not to uh, attend the post match presser that they're all required to do she was fined fifteen thousand dollars and then ultimately threatened with further punishment and sanctions should she had decided not to cooperate and, and adhere to her media responsibilities So she came out and basically said that I suffer from a high degree of anxiety. I've done so since the U.S. Open in 2018. Um, Now, Naomi Osaka is only 23 years old. So we give shout out to her for uh, for being brave enough to come come and admit all of that. Um, But she is a multimillionaire with endorsements from Nissan and Nike and a couple of others out there that I couldn't, that I can't think of, um, Doctor Conda, Doctor Coach Conda, can we please tell the true story that it does not matter how much a person, how much money a person has, or how much a person, money a person doesn't have, you can still get kicked in the head by this.
0: Well, let me tell you something: mental health disease, any of that doesn't have a respect to person. None of that. We all experience some type of issue, and with her, she mentioned that she was an introvert. So number one, she's already shy, and Mm -hmm. she's introverted, and to have her before grill before the people, I heard it just comes with the territory. Well, it may be, but could you made some necessary allowances, such as? interviewing via Zoom or where she could be in her own personal space. So that could have been a compromise, a win-win that where she still does her interview, but she doesn't have the cameras blaring over her. Her job as an athlete was to hit that tennis ball and she (laughs) hit it like a champ. Did she not? She was a winner in that point. That's her job. Just because it comes with the territory, let's get creative. Don't find her. She was bold enough and courageous enough, Willie, to say, I am experiencing I, I, I battle with anxiety. I battled with depression. It happens to multimillionaires. It happens to people that don't have mean, million dollars. But it happens to each all of us or some of us, and we're not exempt. It just didn't hit your court yet if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. She was like I said, she was courageous enough to say, this is what I'm suffering. Give me a little grace. And that's what's wrong with us now. We don't give people grace. If you haven't walked a mile in her shoes, which you probably couldn't because she's the only person like herself. But if you don't understand her struggle or her story, at least listen, if that makes sense. And that's what we don't do. If, We don't understand the story. Listen, listen, she said that she's having this problem. Let's compromise. What can we do? Don't find that, baby. Find another way.
1: Yeah, and she said in a statement uh, she never wanted to be a distraction and that her withdrawal is the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being. Now, if we pay attention to that, She's looking already looking out for other people because she mentioned herself last. Even though she's doing this for herself, she didn't want to be a distraction to the tournament. Now, the French Open, of course, is one of the grand slams uh, in US, or in, uh, the, on the tennis circuit, both men and women. She also said, I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being is that I withdraw so that I, everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction. I accept that my timing was not ideal, and message could have been clear. Okay, number one, if it's good, if it's if the timing is good for her, it shouldn't matter that it might be all for somebody else. And let me ask you this, because Roland Garros and the French Open, like I said, is one of the majors, um, you know, on the tennis circuit. They basically, to me, treated her like a glorified slave like indentured servitude because they didn't even address her her mental capacities they were so worried about the person that's bringing them ratings that they didn't even think about the person is this something that you think that the that the executives or whoever at the french open this is something they had an opportunity to get out in front of with regard to human mental health and in in, in, in in this time of a pandemic.
0: You know, Willie, I, it, to me, I would have said, let's support her. What can we do to get her the help? Let's rally around her rather than shunning her and rejecting her. So you're absolutely right. They treated her less than a person. And as you were telling us, talking about her statement, she exhibits so much humility and grace thinking about everybody else because, again, her job was to hit the ball with strategy and get a win. Everybody could have gotten a win if they would have listened to her and actually showed some empathy. And instead of just saying, hey, this is the ratings, their ratings could have shot up. Mm -hmm. I'm saying could have, would have, should have because this is they didn't think about her first. They didn't think about her as a person, as a human being, to show some grace to her. That's what it's about. We see you. And so because she's on a platform that she has, she's seen by millions, that could have been something that says that mental health matters to us. And because, Naomi, you're going through this, we are we support you. What can we do? Do we need to put some earphones on you? Do we need to do something different? What are some of the ways that we can do a win-win other than a win-loss? I'm a coach, so we like to talk about the win-win. We like to talk about the strategies. What strategies can we implement? Because she wants to, she said, let's get back to the game. Mm-hmm. What's important? I don't want to be a distraction. No, baby, you're not a distraction. You are bringing awareness to something that now we know is not, is not being addressed effectively in tennis. Yeah. It just hit home for them. And they show their true colors. I can't. I'm not going to be able to help you. I don't have your back.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Because if
0: it was, if they had her back, she would be slamming some balls right about now.
1: Yeah. As we have about a minute left to go in this, uh, in this uh, OT podcast, um, the French Open obviously is going to be in a reactive public relations state, or in function of that. Now, as a person that has a degree in PR, that is not where you want to be. Okay. Uh, doctor, uh, let me let me let me line up all of the all of the titles real quick. Doctor, pastor, coach, speaker, sissy, Conda Rice. Uh, how can I'm sorry, Ross? How can we? Did I say Rice? I'm thinking yes. about uh, Rice University. No, I'm thinking about Rice University because uh, my son just graduated from high school and he said that he had thought about going to Rice, and for some reason that echoed in my head. As you can see, his. Uh, his uh, sweater back there. So I was looking at that and then I thought about that. Okay. So tell everybody out there how they can reach you everywhere you are.
0: Well, let's start with if you are needing a church home and you like to connect with us, I am the senior pastor and empowerment leader of a house of peace ministries. You can reach us at a house of peace dot org or org. if you need a life coach someone just to listen to you and help you along the way if you need someone to help you as a strategist you can reach out to me with at www.coachconda.com or com. and if you are just wanting someone to just help you to just let your light sh- life shine bright. You can reach out with me because I am the one, uh, Willie, that can re- connect your success with your purpose and your vision. Just give me a call at 214 938 3787 or email me at coach. Conda at Yahoo.com and I do have a special the same special I was running when we had the last um, last interview just for you if you're wanting to be a life coach normally it's $1,800 but for you today if you mention Shakeback or Willie Epton Jr. then I will give you a discount and you can be certified as a life coach for $599. And that certification is nine weeks long. We talk six weeks about you and how you can get your mind right. And three weeks about being a, your business and getting you your strategy. And then if you're just wanting again, a life coach to help you over the hump, to get you to that position that you are wanting to be that elevation for your career, your relationship, your finances, because I do work for a bank as well. For finances, then you can reach out to me, and that special will be two hundred and ninety-nine dollars. So just hit me back if you want to be an entrepreneur in the business. Five ninety-nine today, and if you're needing someone to help you with your strategies, two ninety-nine today.
1: All right, and there you have it. And uh, that was a lot of information, and it was a lot of useful information. I actually am going to. Uh, possibly get back into that, I actually got done, uh, I was done with my certification, or done with all of the classes, had gotten down to my last practice uh, session, and I never did get it completed, so you guys make sure you uh, you hit up uh, my sissy man, for real, to get yourself straight, alright, so, I'm gonna do this, And with that being said, we are going to get on up out of here for the dopest engineer in the game big day. Big Game Christian Sports Network. This is the Shakeback Sports Show OT for Condor Ross, Coach Condor Ross, Pastor Condor Ross, Pastor Condor Ross Dr. Condor Ross. This is Willie Epstein Jr. saying y'all stay safe. Y'all hug each other. Y'all love each other. And we'll talk to y'all again real soon. Peace. We out.